This is Formula SAE FastCast, the official podcast of the Formula SAE series. Hey everybody, welcome to FastCast, the Formula SAE podcast. I'm Mike Sorg, the uh, podcast the podcast and video producer for SAE CDS series. And today we're going to have a great presentation uh, talking about team sponsorships. First of all, with us here in the studio is Martha Tress, the recruitment sales manager. How are you doing? Back on the show again. Thanks, Mike. Glad to be here. And on uh, on the line with us is Adam Zemke, the presentation event captain for Formula SAE Michigan. How are you doing? Very well. Thanks uh, for having me. So, Adam, before we get started, tell us a little bit about uh, what what are we going to be talking about today? So, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, team sponsorship and uh, basically the uh, art of uh, engaging with partners and uh, how to maintain those relationships and how to find new ones. And uh, this is something... Every team has to go through. I've yet to find a team that has sufficient funding and uh, and has sufficient funding from from only their school. Um, but it's important uh, to maintain all the relationships, both uh, internally within the school and also externally with uh, potential partners. And this is something that a lot of times students are maybe uh, not going in having these kinds of conversations with you know partners and companies on, on the scale, right? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. This is a definitely what I would call a learned skill for most students who participate in Formula SAE or any of the S, uh, other SAE uh, Collegiate Design Series. And uh, so it's really important. This, is, this presentation has kind of been put together um, based on uh, my experiences as a, as a student, as a competitor, and, and also talking with a whole host of teams uh, ever since then as well. I'm going to just share some notes on and just interject with Adam because of the side I handle the sponsorship for the collegiate design series and might have some tips to interject. So you'll be hearing a few little extra things. Excellent. Me. So we'll get a little bit of your expertise in this as well. Yes. Because, so, of course, you handle this on a, on a, a broad basis for all the competitions, too. Every day. Every day. <laughs> Like it's her job. <laughs> and just a reminder, if you guys are joining us on the audio version of this podcast, uh, we will have a link to the presentation uh, that you can uh, check out as well if you're listening in the car or wherever you might be. If you want to go see the slides and uh, you know uh, digest uh, visually that information as well, trying to just make this as accessible to everybody as possible out there. So, all right, Adam, if you want to kick us off. Sure. So uh, I think we're taking a look at the... Uh the first slide here, and we're going to talk a little bit about sponsorship. And, you know, sponsorship, I think uh, every team needs to uh, ask themselves uh, a question of when they start out, you know, uh, with a with a new project. And uh, that goes for really any of the, the collegiate design series competitions. But this, this uh, presentation happens to be a little bit more tailored towards the Formula SAE series. That's one I have most experience with. Um, but uh, in reality, it could be applied to any sort of student project. And uh, potentially, as we'll probably hear from Martha, there's a lot of overlap with professional fundraising. And uh, those are important considerations. Regardless of, of uh, what your background is or what you want to go into as a career path, the understanding of relationships and partnership uh, that is created through sponsorship is something that I find uh, is very cross-disciplinary and really important set of skills to uh, to improve and maintain. And, and they're one of those things where you can always be doing more. And so uh, finding that, that perfect balance is really uh, part of the process. So 
the, the important thing that we want to remind ourselves is that sponsorship is really not complicated. You know, we're not trying to solve a fourth order polynomial here. We are uh, looking at things uh, that are all about people and uh, relationships and creating a partnership. And so I, I want to emphasize that word partnership because partnership is uh, the way to think about sponsorship. It, a sponsorship is not something that somebody gives you. Uh, and it's not something that you give uh, in return. It is about the relationship that exists that holds those things together. And it's mutual. And that's a really important uh, thing to, uh, to realize is that uh, a successful sponsorship is one where uh, both parties uh, engage together, gain uh, their, uh, their goals and attain their goals through it and uh, walk away hopefully happy with their partnership. And so um, that's, that's the way to look at it. It's not complicated, but it is important and it requires maintenance. So uh, there are four kind of areas of sponsorship that we're gonna touch on today and also potentially some other things. Who, so who are sponsors? What is sponsorship? Where do we find it? And how do we pursue it? So wait. The important thing that we have to do, and, and this is important for every team to, to, to do, uh, before they even start remotely thinking about who they want to partner with, you need to identify as, a, as an organization, as a team, uh, your mission statement and what you want your vision for your organization to be. And I think this is important uh, for things that are far beyond uh, anything directly related to sponsorship. It's uh, important to define uh, your mission and your vision because those play a direct role in uh, the creation of the product that you're making. And that's what a Formula SAE car is. That's what the other, the other uh, vehicles are that, uh, that are the end goals of the SAE Collegiate Design Series. And uh, if you don't have uh, a mission or vision for what that mission looks like, uh, I think it's pretty hard to uh, attain your goals. And remember, you know, dreams and goals are a little bit different. Goals have a plan. And uh, so you need to uh, establish what that is. And so, you know, it's very simple. One or two sentences. We are a blank who seeks to blank. Tells who you are and what you're going to be doing. Uh, and this is something that everybody on your team should realize that seems, you know, corny and, and simplistic. But uh, it really is important for people to keep perspective, uh, especially when uh, the going in, invariably gets tough uh, on, on uh, these projects and a lot of, lot of long nights and uh, long hours. And uh, it's important that everybody continue marching to that same tune because as we all know, there, there's a tremendous shortage of time and uh, not enough uh, time ever to make it up. So uh, it's important that everybody continue to go forward uh, in the same direction. And that, that's what the mission statement really is, is uh, supposed to do. So something to follow up with that mission statement is really sharing what the stats are of your team. Even if you are um, not the top 10, talk about how you've grown over the past couple years. Show them what your team's been doing. Uh, and, and maybe even include a, a compilation of what your team is, consists of. So mechanical engineers, computer engineers, electrical engineers, give them some kind of stats that show what is the makeup of that team. I think that kind of takes the mission statement to another level. Yeah, I totally agree. And I also would encourage you, and this brings up an excellent point, um, 
you know, to try and broaden the base of your team. When you're talking about what your team is comprised of, uh, think of these competitions as product development competitions, because that's really what they are. They're more than just uh, fundamentals of engineering. They're about bringing a product through the uh, R&D phase, testing, uh, producing the product, understanding the cost and manufacturing implications, and then uh, really where the business case is going to be. And so uh, those are things that are important to consider. And I think, you know, often I'm an engineer by, by trade as well. And oftentimes, I think we sometimes get narrowly focused. So I would encourage uh, you to follow Martha's advice and, uh, and really, you know, broaden that as well. And actually broaden the, the base of your team too. Sounds good. So who are sponsors? And there are really two kind of categoricals here. You know, there's in-kind sponsorship which is really kind of raw materials, parts and components, labor and services, um, you know, things that, that uh, folks uh, th- that you're going to be partnering with do or, or provide to you. Uh, and the, the one exception to that, of course, is the second categorical, which is the financial resources. You know, uh, partners who are there predominantly to help fund the program directly through financial support, um, and, uh, and working with you to, to help make the program successful. And you really have to have both of these in order to make one of these collegiate design series, uh, programs successful. Um, I have yet to ever find a team that can, uh, obtain a hundred percent of everything they need, uh, via in-kind contributions. Um, and I've yet to find a team that, uh, can raise enough money to purchase everything nor would you really want to, quite frankly, because it's a, a really inefficient use of resources. Um, you know, Formula SAE and a number of the other uh, collegiate design series competitions are really, I mean, very generously supported by uh, a number of industries and a whole host of companies. And they do so because they recognize the value in the programs. And so uh, the idea, the the partnerships that, uh, that are created through uh, both in-kind and financial support um, are things that we cannot take for granted and we all have to work on because we all, uh, like it or not, are part of the Formula SAE or the other Collegiate Design Series brands. So those are things to, to consider. So, so what is sponsorship? And I talked a little bit about this at the start of the presentation, but I want to reiterate it because it's really important to continue to remember this. A relationship that unites two or more parties to satisfy individually in individual and mutually shared goals. And I've underlined mutually shared because that's really what this is about. If if we ever uh, view sponsorship as a, as a one-way street that you're trying to get, get something, quote-unquote, um, you're usually set up for failure. Because it, without the, uh, the acknowledgement that uh, a partnership requires uh, uh, two mutual parties who are agreeing on or agreeing to do certain things, uh, then uh, we're going to think of things in a, in a silo and it's going to be a one-way silo. And that's not going to amount to successful sponsorship and quite frankly is probably not going to amount to a successful product either. Where do you find sponsors? And really the answer is anywhere. And I'll uh, just deviate slightly uh, to tell a quick story. Um, when I was part of the, the Michigan State Formula CE program, one of the things that we were really looking to do was to expand our reach, and uh, we wanted to participate more in our community and uh, wanted to show off the value of the program. And we thought, of course, you know, that this would be 
a good thing for the community, but also it would have uh, reciprocating benefits for the program. And that's a correct assumption. And um, so one of the things we did was, you know, go to uh, trade shows and, and uh, the auto show and, um, and to schools. And we really, you know, talked about a lot of those things and our experiences working with kids. Um, and, um, you know, one thing that I learned throughout that process is that, you know, it requires a lot of uh, support in order to, to engage that way with your community. And it's uh, support in, in, the, uh, in the form of displays and display space and uh, things that you have to use to accentuate the, the car uh, and the team as, as you go out on the road, I guess, if you will. Um, and, uh, you know, historically my default, uh, thought process behind this was, well, if we're not getting something for the car, then it's probably not going to be able to be sponsored. And, uh, I learned very quickly when we started doing these kind of road shows that that was completely incorrect. And, uh, it was an important thought process, uh, for me to go through because I realized that this statement is accurate, that you uh, can create partnerships for anything that is, uh, that is a contributing factor to building one of these products that the SAE Collegiate Design Series um, uh, has you build. And that is, uh, that's really important because uh, every time that you can create a partnership, uh, that's, uh, that's fewer stresses that you have on the financial resources of the program. Um, and it's also a way to enhance the financial resources of the program. So uh, that's an important consideration. I would always encourage everyone, no matter what kind of, uh, of um, item that you are looking for or what kind of uh, program that you're looking for, that you always look to pursue some partnerships to make those happen. Uh, that's important for the longevity of the program. Uh, it's important for uh, your reach into the community. And gain more friends, um, and uh, quite frankly, it's uh, it's an overall good process. So I would probably add to that, Adam, that a good place to start too is the sponsor pages online of the formula competitions because those sponsors are already engaged and under understand the value of the program. So it's a great place for students to look at and say, oh. Well, they're already aware of Formula SAE, so maybe they'll sponsor our team. So that might be a great place. And another area is the equipment supplier webpage that's also found there. And there are people that are already offering goods, services, and uh, either at a discount or for free. So that should always be a resource to connect. One, you you describing that, Martha, just kind of... Uh dates me, I guess, <laughs> because none of those things really were in, uh, in existence in terms of the, the availability of that information when I was a participant. Um, but I'm really glad to hear that, that uh, those types of things are being made available to teams uh, clearly and, and easily. Uh, it saves a lot of time. There, there are, you know, as Martha was saying, there are a lot of organizations that do uh, have, you know, essentially formula, say, partnerships already defined and that's really helpful um there's obviously other ways that you can you can also maybe go further than that too with some organizations and so uh excellent excellent way to start for sure um so the the hows of sponsorship and so this is really how to pursue sponsorship and and really how to cultivate and maintain relationships 
So uh, most important um, is is actually uh, the third one, um, but they're all uh, they're all fairly equitable in in other importance. And so uh, when you're thinking about pursuing a partnership, uh, you know any organization that is gonna uh, that you're gonna talk with knows that you're in college and you're a student, and uh, but they also uh, know that you're probably going to try and pursue a partnership that's going to request something of them. And it's really important that you treat, you're serious uh, about these partnerships and that you treat them seriously. And uh, you maintain a level of professionalism and integrity uh, that, uh, that it goes over and above, I think, what expectations would be out of college students. And uh, that's really important for your own personal reputation it's really important for your team's reputation, and it's certainly important for SAE. Uh, and so, um, you know, level of professionalism is uh, really important. I put a high bar on uh, the level of professionalism uh, that you need to have when you're pursuing these partnerships. Uh, the other thing is don't lie to people. You know, if you the minute that you bend the truth, uh, even if you do so unintentionally, is, is a good indicator that you could let something slip. Uh, I have a story for this, actually. I have a story for a lot of these slides. Um, when I was a, a student, we had there was one year where we had uh, engaged some of our our uh, kind of system captains, if you will, we called them team leaders, uh, to engage in some sponsorships. And it happened to be that there was some machining done for one part of our vehicle by a local company. It was really great service and. Really, the owners of the company—they they weren't a big big organization, so they were absorbing these costs, and it was it, it you know it was something that was not insignificant to them. Um, but uh, they really didn't want much; they just wanted some T-shirts and hats for the machinists on the floor, and um, you know we dropped the ball on it. Quite frankly, there's really no uh, other way to describe it. <clears throat> and part of the the contributing factors to dropping the ball on it were that we didn't have good internal communication about what that partnership entailed um, and uh, because of our internal system that year. And uh, so when I went back to the, the uh, machinist uh, the next year to talk again about renewing the partnership, uh, they reminded me of that. And I didn't have any idea, uh, uh, truthfully. Um, but it was my fault. Uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, the buck stops with the uh, team captain. And um, we... I apologized profusely. I went back to the, the uh, shop. I got uh, a ton of uh, swag and uh, hats and T-shirts and stuff for them. Uh, and I went back to the uh, to the machinist and I said, "Look, uh, not asking you to change your mind about having concerns about renewing uh, this partnership, but I want to make good on our promise." And I dropped off all the stuff and I left it there for him. And uh, within a few hours, they called me back. They thanked me. They acknowledged that uh, everybody makes mistakes. And they said they really enjoy working with us and they'd like to work with us again. Uh, and so, you know, truthfulness, it, it goes, uh, it's a little bit broader than just being honest. It's about making sure that you maintain um, your commitments. It's important that uh, we do that because that's how you maintain those partnerships. And I will tell you that it is a lot easier to maintain partnerships uh, than it is to have to constantly renew partnerships. 
uh, with or find new partnerships rather. Um, and and that's really um, that's really important because at some point, if you burn all of your partners, then you're not going to have any left, and you can't find any. And so uh, it's really important to be truthful and follow through. And the final thing is when you're talking about uh, the Formula SAE or any of the collegiate design series, um, if you don't get excited talking about it, then you might want to reconsider what you're doing um, because uh, uh, not only uh, should you be excited, you're putting a ton of hours into these projects. And I know uh, one of the most exciting and also terrifying things was going to competition uh, every year. Um, and that type of enthusiasm uh, really shows through when you talk to partners or potential partners. And um, that's, uh, that's really important for being successful in, in describing these partnerships and what they're going to be like. Because uh, ultimately, you know, the kind of marketing exposure that you're really going to as a team provide to uh, another organization or a partner is fairly limited. Uh, I've put together some, what I thought to be fairly robust uh, uh, sponsorship opportunities. And, you know, thinking back on it now, uh, I would say that they were probably fairly limited uh, in terms of the actual quantifiable value uh, of that exposure. Most of the relationships that we had um, were because we, you know, people wanted to be good stewards in the community or they wanted to have access to the team uh, to uh, recruit from or, or things like that. And, and so we were more, much more of a community benefit um, to, to a lot of our partners than anything related to, you know, quantifiable marketing exposure. And uh, so the belief in the product is something that's really important because that's a big part of what's going to attract or make you attractive as uh, an organization to a potential partner. I think sharing that passion comes through that as well, Adam, when they really believe in that product, that passion comes through and that really excites the sponsor, potential sponsors. I totally agree. I mean, if, if you are bored uh, when you're going out to make these, these pitches, you, you may want to find somebody else on the team to make them <laughs> quite frankly. Um, so, um, so how to, how to pursue sponsorship. So, you know, the number one thing on the list, and I, I, Still do this to today because uh, I uh, invariably get involved in fundraising for different organizations that I care about. Um, you know, cold calling. There is probably not a day that goes by that uh, I haven't uh, had some conversation with somebody new about something we're working on, or maybe not every day, but every week for sure. And uh, so, cold calling, talking to new folks uh, about your program, you know, identifying an organization that you feel you'd like to partner with. That you'd have you know mutually shared benefit and uh, and making that first phone call and trying to navigate your way through the organization is uh, is something that everybody does. Uh, I'm sure Martha does this still today in her professional role uh, through uh, for SAE and it's it's a standard practice. It's a tough uh, one. <laughs> it is, and nobody likes doing it, uh, and nobody uh, I think ever feels 100% comfortable doing it. But it's an important one, and it's a way to to uh, broaden your, your partnership base. And I sure. think, I think in this day and age too, with LinkedIn, um, that's, that's a huge resource to kind of ease that cold calling a little bit. So any kind of programs like that, that can kind of take away that really cold, uh, then that always use that as a resource. That's an excellent point. And I'm glad you brought it up, Martha, because the, 
Um, the idea around doing your homework, doing some research, if you will, around your partners uh, or potential partners is really important. You know, one of the things that I always found was helpful is whenever I was looking at an organization and I really didn't know anybody there personally or have any real connection, um, I would always try and look through uh, whosoever bios I could find on the internet and find one that either had a relationship with my university, an alumni or uh, some type of involvement, a donor or something like that, or I would find somebody who I thought would fit uh, and I would ask for them. And it uh, doesn't always work, but uh, you know uh, that's, that's something I found if you can find a relationship or some, somebody you think will be uh, have a mutual interest in uh, talking with you. I think that's always helpful. And LinkedIn is an excellent resource to do that. In fact, because you can you can learn all, all all about folks who works at work at uh, organizations prior to uh, ever making a phone call. The other thing, uh, electronically. So, you know, the, there's different uh, forms of uh, of uh, banging down doors, uh, and and the second one. That you usually follow up with is, uh, you know, you're going to trade a lot of correspondence via email, via other forms of electronic communication, and that's fine uh, after you've uh, started the relationship via a phone call or an in-person visit. And we'll get to that that letter uh, suggestion in, in a second. But uh, but it's really the idea of using electronic media to um, to share uh, or reach out. Uh, I think is something that is important to be done after the contacts have been made and really only for the purpose of sharing information. It's not for the purpose of knocking down the door. And I think that's really important because if you think, uh, if you think you're going to be successful by sending an email to an organization um, and to some person that you've never met, I think you're probably not going to be as successful. You need to reach out first and have a conversation and then follow up and share information uh, electronically to support your conversation. And then I would always recommend at that point that you set up a time to go and talk with somebody in person. Um, there is a very good reason why uh, major companies spend millions of dollars a year sending people all over the globe on uh, business trips uh, to support uh, efforts that they're they're having, programs that they have in the field, and that's because there is no substitute for face-to-face -face conversation. There is we can WebEx or Zoom or whatever uh, as many times uh, as we want till we're blue in the face. Going and meeting somebody and observing uh, cultural interaction and uh, talking with them on a personal level is uh, there really is no substitute. I have not found one uh, at all, and I don't think there, there is one. I, I expect that practice to continue for uh, a very long time. So I, I would always uh, kind of look to go and uh, quote unquote, kind of finalize the partnership or seal the deal via face-to-face -face conversation. Obviously it's not always possible to do that depending on, on the partnership that you're uh, looking to pursue. But whenever possible, I would go and do that. I would, uh, if it's in your state, certainly, or within a, a reasonable driving distance, I would make the effort to do that. Uh, it's worth it. So I would have a couple things to add into that. For the electronically, we're just launching something new this year. Uh, you haven't even been aware of it yet, Adam, because it's literally just been launched. 
through the CDS web platform where the students are going on to FSAE online or Baja SAE net or aerodesign.com. And what we're doing is making an engagement opportunity between sponsors and students, because that's where the students are, you know, submitting their documents and watching deadlines. So now we're connecting the sponsors in, in this platform and students are going to be able to not only upload their resumes, but this might be a resource for them to, connect with that sponsor, make that engagement so that they are also working through that they could have that face-to-face on site then maybe for the following year. So something new to consider. When when you think about the face-to-face, we have so many opportunities through SAE, whether it is going to the local section meetings and seeing who those people are and what companies they work for, that might open some doors for them or, you know, we have events across the country, uh, WCX in Detroit and, um, commercial vehicle event called Comvec or Aerotech, the aerospace. Those are all large, uh, conferences and exhibits and technical, uh, papers are presented there. So that's a great resource to tag into so many industry people, So there's just all these opportunities out there. Take advantage of that. Get into our member connection. um, Have conversations there. Start uh, tapping into some of these people. All those resources are available to you. For sure. And and I think the opportunity, you got to think about it like this. Somebody is going to take advantage of those opportunities uh, that SAE is providing. Um, And you want it to be you. And so I would definitely, uh, I definitely engage in the opportunities like Martha, like Martha described. So the the final way too, and we've talked a little bit about this, but just to kind of talk about, you know, how is it that you're you're starting your searching? Sometimes, and I know I felt this when I first started uh, pursuing uh, sponsorship. I didn't really know where to look. You know, I had a, I, thankfully, I had a, a pretty uh, robust team history to utilize to my advantage. I recognize that not every program has that. And um, and so I had a lot of documentation history that I could look through, and I had some team alumni who had worked on this in the past, and I could call them and uh, ask some questions and kind of go from there. Uh, but not everybody has that, and particularly if you're starting a new program. You know, th- that type of history uh, doesn't exist internally. And every team is going to be a little bit different. Every university is a little bit different. You can go to the comp- the competitions, which I would definitely encourage you to do if you're starting a new program, uh, and check out and talk to other teams. Maybe you go and visit some teams that are close by or relatively close by to your university. Um, and uh, But still, you know, you're going to have to have to learn it a little bit on your own uh, uh, internal. And so, uh, you know, these areas are uh, three kind of buckets uh, that are, uh, you know, broad and uh, easy first steps to, to figuring out how to pursue partnership. So your university development office, this I have heard uh, over the, the many years I've given this presentation, I've heard so many different stories, both uh, horrific and positive, with uh, relationships with the university development offices. And I can tell you that that uh, uh, our my team's uh, uh, organization uh, relationship with university development, I think, was fairly non-existent um, before I uh, really started working on sponsorship. And um, I think there was there was 
a lot of that had to do with people that that were in, uh, engaged both uh, in the team and, and on the uh, university development side, and also uh, just um, kind of maybe a lack of recognition. And that's the case, I think, with a lot of programs. Um, I would always develop a close relationship or as close as you can with your university development office. And the reason I say that is because a lot of major organizations or major companies or donors to your university, they have a singular uh, development application. And uh, so if you are not participating within that university development uh, process, uh, you very well could get left out in the cold or miss the deadline uh, or something uh, of the sort. And so participating with that university development office, uh, really uh, not asking for much initially, but showing them that you can be a resource to help them uh, attract and, and excite potential uh, donating organizations to uh, the university, I think is really, uh, really positive. But you should also, you know, in your efforts to be helpful, uh, they need to recognize that your your program only exists with uh, with the support and contributions of others. Uh, so it's got to be a two way street there, right? Uh, university development uh, is is not necessarily a sponsor, but they're definitely a partner, and so that's uh, important consideration. Um, locally based industry, this is kind of a no brainer because uh, as with any uh, as with any uh, sports uh, affiliation, people love the home team. And uh, there's a commitment to that from your local community. And so uh, that's why you see things like uh, uh, car dealerships sponsoring Little League teams and all sorts of uh, things that, that we all grew up with. Um, locally based industry is a great resource for talking uh, and developing potential partners, particularly in that in-kind uh, area. You know, you may not have a lot of companies locally who have a ton of cash that they can write you uh, larger checks. Those might be more through the university development office area, uh, but you can definitely find folks who probably help you out or donate materials or time um, uh, to your program and, and help make you successful. And that's generally uh, part of their, uh, their local community philanthropic uh, program. So those are important things. And then the final thing is, is uh, organizations that are looking to recruit uh, team members uh, as talent. And this is one where I think SAE uh, has really done and kind of set a standard for, for uh, developing talent through the collegiate design series, whichever competition you're participating in. And uh, in creating ways for uh, recruitment to happen, uh, which is, you know, very mutually beneficial to team members as as we all are looking for jobs or internships um, and, and figuring out what we want to do uh, with the rest of our lives, but also with uh, it's definitely beneficial to, to the organizations who are looking to recruit that talent. I mean, the number one thing that brings a company to a community is talent and, um, and without it, they won't come. And so uh, organizations who, uh, participate in career fairs and, and are looking to develop partnerships with uh, universities. Uh, Formula SAE and, and the other SAE collegiate design series are excellent opportunities uh, to to do that. I still remember um, one of my uh, one of my most impactful automotive internships. Uh, I looked at the application 
And I was so delighted to see that uh, there was a, a series of three bullet points towards the bottom of the first page. And it said, one of them said formula SAE experience preferred. And so there was a pr preferential treatment to students who were participating because, not because of the fact that there were alumni in that program. Actually, there weren't any alumni of Formula SA working in that program, but it was because the organization as a whole knew about the value uh, in terms of skill set that uh, SAE Collegiate Design Series uh, team members have, and the fact that they're coming into the workforce at a level of skills that is higher than uh, the average college student. And so uh, you guys as team members should really, quite frankly, capitalize on that. You know, you are, you're working very hard and you're doing a lot more work than, uh, than folks who are not participating in the program. And uh, use that to your advantage, but also use it to the advantage of organizations that could be great partners and help you be successful. So recruiting is a huge part of that. And uh, I would encourage that. That is such a strong statement, Adam, when you talk about the recruiting aspect, because that's why so many of the sponsors that we have on site are there for, but also to take it a step further that use the SAE Career Center, the online job board to prospect, look at the companies that are hiring. The, a lot of those companies are looking for you. So use that as a, as a jump to find some companies that are ready to maybe help you out. There are so many times that we have companies ask us, so do you have any underdog teams that we could reach out to and give them a little bit of money to help them out? We, you never know where it's going to come from. Try every aspect. You know, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you made the, you made the cold call. You've, uh, you know, reached out and talked to the sponsor. Um, you have, uh, You've got a face-to-face -face meeting set up. What are you going to do when you go there? Well, I can tell you what you're not going to do if you want to be successful is you're not going to show up in your work clothes from the shop. Um, you know, I can't tell you the number of times that uh, we had, uh, you know, dirty, not, you know, to be expected, and potentially smelly work clothes uh, uh, at, the, at the shop. And that was not something that, that would exude a level of professionalism. It's fine for working on the vehicle, um, but uh, not exude a level of professionalism that uh, is important in the workplace. So, you know, professionalism is important. Professionalism and how you present uh, your quote-unquote leave-behinds is also really important. Um, so, you know, you should have something. It doesn't have to be a full, uh, you know, eight and a half by... Uh, 11 uh, document. Uh, it could be a trifold, could be something else, but you want something with a lot of visuals and some text that is concise and, and describes your organization. You want, you want uh, just kind of like the presentation event actually at Formula Say Competition, uh, you want something that uh, reminds uh, the, the, uh, your audience uh, of tidbits of what you said. Uh, not everything, because they're not going to remember everything, but tidbits, important points. And uh, that's the type of document that you want to have uh, as a leave behind. Uh, their uh, personal preference, um, I uh, very strongly encourage you to uh, utilize some professional design software in creating these things. I often like to say, and this is no hit on, on PowerPoint, we're using a PowerPoint right now. PowerPoint is not a brochure creation software. Don't use it as such. If you're having to go to Kinko's to 
to uh, or whatever your local copy store is to uh, have spiral binding on a PowerPoint series of slides uh, for your usual marketing presentation uh, or, or leave behind, then you need to go back to the drawing board and, and engage either with a potential partner or with uh, some additional teammates or potential teammates at your university who can work on building a professional leave behind and get it printed in, in more of a mass quantity. Um, and that's something that you want to have as a hard copy and an electronic version. Obviously, hard copy so you can bring with you and leave behind, or an electronic version so that it can be emailed over. Um, you uh, and you want it to be general. You don't want to be company company specific because you want to be able to print them in mass. And uh, and you can see 2007. This I just noticed this. This is one of the ones I designed. In fact, this was the first one. I ever designed, uh, and uh, they evolved uh, following that. But uh, definitely make your your uh, brochures professional looking. I always used to steal things from the auto show at auto displays and use those as creative examples. Uh, and so you can really pilfer a lot of uh, a lot of information from that type of thing. Um, the other thing is you do since you're your leave behind, your main leave behind, your marketing brochure is not company specific or partner specific. Uh, you want to have something that is specific to them, a cover letter um, and a proposal, usually total cover letter and proposal, one page combined, um, that one page, one side combined uh, that is specifically talking about what your partnership uh, is that you'd like to create and what your ask is too, and what you're going to offer in return. And some of those things you may not have developed uh, right when you go there, because that might be part of the conversation that you have during the face-to-face, -face, but you should provide that as a synopsis afterwards uh, to the partner. Uh, because again, you want that clarity too, right? You want to be able to make sure that you follow through on any promises that, that you made as part of the partnership. And uh, the final thing, there is still... still um, uh, no substitute for having a business card, uh, and just something you're not necessarily going to trade cell phone numbers sitting in a uh, meeting or sitting across the desk from somebody, but you can definitely leave them a business card with your contact info. And that's also really important. Uh, you know, ultimately you, let's say you made a cold call, you traded some information with them. It got you in the door to have a face-to-face. -face. You're there. You make a great pitch. Everybody's happy. Everybody's excited about creating this relationship. You've got some mutually identified goals, uh, and you're working towards them. You want to be able to make sure that uh, that going forward, that person always has a way to contact you. You're available, uh, and you need to make yourself available uh, to being able to answer questions and communicate, um, and, and you want that type of clarity. I would add to that. You had talked about how to build your team way back at the beginning. One of the things you might want to do is reach out to someone that's taking a marketing degree and become best friends and ask them to consider putting helping you put together that package because that could be their senior project or their project of the year or whatever. And they have the expertise. They probably have the skill set, the, the uh, programming, because of the, what the ever class they're in. So consider doing something like that. And I think we, we've seen marketing people like at the competitions, haven't we? They're, they're yeah. Like, 
I, I know you have because I've brought marketing people to competitions. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's absolutely true. And that's one thing. And to be honest with you, I think this is, and this is kind of what I was hinting at when, when Martha made this statement, you know, quite earlier in our conversation is that your team does not have to be in, in my opinion, should not just be engineering students. Uh, this is a product development competition and product development encompasses a whole lot of folks with different professional expertise and this is a great opportunity for more students in the university to get involved, for you to broaden your base of students and student support, and also potential broaden university support too. Um, but it's also a great learning experience. Uh, and um, you know, when when I was a participant, when I was a competitor, we even had a system down where we were uh, we had several folks who worked exclusively on uh, creating partnerships and working with sponsors um, to order and procure different things. And it was just to the point where we even had the form, an internal forum set up where you would essentially, if there was a, a, a team captain or somebody on the design side working on something, they needed something, we'd describe it, we'd trade that information on a forum, and we'd check it off uh, the list and have a different person really be pursuing the uh, the partnership to uh, to make that type of thing happen, and um, and you know I'm of the mindset. Obviously, we all have cost restrictions on who can come to the competition and everything. You know, everybody realizes that. But uh, I feel that if if somebody has earned their uh, put in their time and earned their uh, the opportunity to go to the competition, which is really a cool reward, and they want to, doesn't matter how they earned that uh, reward, uh, you know, pursuing sponsorship without sponsors, the team uh, doesn't function and the car doesn't get built. So, uh, you know, the, the importance of building this section of the organization, I really cannot stress enough. And I think it's one thing that we as engineers get it, particularly around a racing setting, get excited about the, the performance of the vehicles and the cool design aspects and really making something happen. That's you know you can see and touch and feel, and uh, and you know we got to remember that uh, that uh, developing something is is uh, a complex and multifaceted um, method, and others have a, an important role in that too. So uh, we talked a little bit about this, but this is kind of again ways that you, things that you can offer. Uh, as uh, as things, just suggestions, basically, to get you started if you're looking at, at partnerships and you're really not sure where to go. So the marketing aspect, I did talk a little bit about that. My personal opinion after all these years is that uh, that it's it's there is not really a, uh, a huge marketing value that an individual team can offer uh, that that is quantifiable to to a you know major organization. Um, but uh, definitely on the, on the corporate giving and the recruiting side, um, th those things are very important. And also some marketing, too. You know, one of the things that, that our organization did and several organizations, teams do now, uh, was to talk uh, at uh, major auto shows, you know, and do some display work. And there is some marketing value in that. Um, but definitely on the corporate giving, that corporate uh, philanthropy, commitment to community, uh, and then on the recruiting side, those are areas that you can really offer up as really robust and unique um, things that, that you can offer as an organization. And I find that's probably the largest area of success. So how do you retain sponsors? I said this line earlier. I'm going to say it again. It is way easier 
to retain sponsors and retain partnerships than it is to have to go out and find new ones every year. Uh, and eventually you will hit the bottom of the barrel and you won't be able to create new partnerships if you burn all of your previous bridges. So really important. Make sure you've identified exactly what it is that you promised to do as your, as your commitment to the partnership uh, and make sure you do it. Very simple. If you can't deliver it, don't promise it. Um, communications. Make sure that every we got to the point where uh, every week we would send we would uh, we had a blog going for our organization and you know, there's many different methods of communication now that there were not as much uh, as many then um, but you know we would do blog posts every week and then link that through an email that we have to a list server and send it out to way more than just sponsors we would send it out to even previous sponsors and also um, to uh, alumni and pretty much everybody the team would uh, come in contact with. And, um, you know, we found that most people really liked that uh, because it, it created a personal touch that uh, gave the impression that, that you were there at the, at the shop with us or you were out on the road talking to the, some seventh graders about the cool aspects that they can do when they come to your university. Um, so communicating is really important. If it's once a year uh, or it's just during comp, it's kind of like a black hole. You know, uh, that's my perspective, at least. If, if you go out and you pursue this great partnership and then you, the organization doesn't hear from you for six months, they're probably like, well, what happened? Whatever, you know, what's going on? But if they get something every week, even if it's just a quick email with some pictures uh, or every couple weeks, um, that's really helpful to, to making somebody feel like they are a part of the team. And that's, uh, that's a great way to, that doesn't take a lot of effort, but is really impactful, very high return on that investment. And then spreading the word, talking about these partnerships. This is something that I guess maybe has something you could describe as marketing value, but thanking people who are helping make your program successful and doing it in a public way. Uh, that's, uh, that goes a long way to, uh, to making somebody feel like they're valued. Uh, and it, it does show a lot of value to them. And so, um, I would really encourage you to be vocal about that. Anybody who would help us out, we would always try and talk about, and we do a lot of communications, not necessarily about oh, like, oh yeah, we got this great partnership set up with X organization or X company. Um, but really we'd talk about the fact that, you know, what materials we were doing with it, or what, if it was a, a financial contribution, how it was being utilized to help make the program successful. And, you know, in today's world, and this is potentially much, much older than this, but in today's world, uh, corporate philanthropy is, is, uh, requires efficiency. And uh, it, quite frankly, it should, because there's not enough dollars to go around and always or great organizations to, uh, to support. And so uh, making sure that you are being detailed and you are showing specifically so that folks feel that they know exactly where their contributions are going, be it an in-kind contribution or a financial contribution, that's really important. And so uh, being detailed with that is, is very important part of the partnership. I think a couple things to add to that would be when you're communicating, share the 
opportunity for the sponsor to download the app because we have so much communication going on on there that the, they can keep abreast of things, especially on competition time. They can be following your car and really watching things that are occurring that day. Really could make them feel a part of it. They could be cheering you along in the behind the scenes. I totally agree. And one of the things we would always do, and this is before apps really existed, uh, making me feel real old here. Um, but you know, the one of the things we would always do is do daily updates uh, to to all of our supporters and also invite them to competition. You know, there's a lot of local companies who may not be too far being in Michigan. Uh, that's where I'm from, but it, it, obviously not every organization is, but if they have the opportunity to come, maybe some will take you up on it. So I, I agree. I think the app is a great way to, to include anything that you can do to support that in really, you know, kind of team involvement um, and competition is by far the most exciting time to do that. I think that wraps it up in terms of uh, the formal presentation here. But, uh, I mean, Martha, do you have anything else you'd like to talk about? I don't. I think we touched on a lot of things, and surely some team out there can benefit from paying attention to our little bit of an expertise world. (laughs) Very much so. Uh, I will say that this uh, idea around sponsorship and creating partnerships, this is a trial and error thing. You're going to get better at it as you continue to do it. it's not easy, but it's not complicated. Now, I think I think listening to the customer or the potential sponsor and finding out what they're trying to get out of it instead of just trying to give them a cookie-cutter approach sometimes helps, too. That's an excellent thing to, to say, in fact. That was one of the things that I always, when, whenever we, we would create these kind of sponsorship packages, generic sponsorship packages, but we would always start off conversations with asking potential partners, what it is that they wanted to see. And we would amend those packages so that, uh, that, uh, they were custom. And I think that's, there's a lot of value in that because there are some real nuanced, uh, things that folks would like to see. And then some things they really just don't care about either. And understanding kind of where they're at as an organization, uh, is a key part to making that partnership successful. Excellent. There's a lot of information in there to digest. And again, if you're on the audio version, the uh, presentation is going to be available with a link over in the show notes on our podcast page. And you can get to that, of course, uh, linking through the website uh, on your iTunes or wherever you might be listening to podcasts or on that app that we mentioned just a little bit ago as well. And make sure you're following on there and check out all the past episodes as well and get all the information and updates Uh, going on with Formula SAE as we're heading into the competition this year. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Martha. It's always a pleasure. Enjoyed talking with you you folks. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, everybody. And uh, until next time, stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to Formula SAE FastCats. As always, we want to hear from you, so email us at formulasae at sae.org. The show notes for this episode can be found at www.fsaeonline.com. Stay safe and we'll catch you next episode.